Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy so you can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. We're excited to be here today. We're talking about blending families. Exciting topic today. I've such been a critical topic just, for nowadays, I think. It's such a such a relevant thing. We've received so many emails and so many texts about family blending and the, and the problems that come with blending two sets of ideals. Because you know what? Dating and being in relationships later in life, unfortunately, comes with a bit of complications and often baggage. It does. And the cold, hard reality is that 70% of these second or third marriages don't make it. And that's not even taking into account children. Where there's children involved, the numbers are even worse than 70%. But Nicole, what I think is really fascinating with this is that 80% of, of couples who get married a second time do nothing up front to educate themselves about the challenges that blending a family is going to take. And I, I hear from a lot of people that, well, we are we, we love each other so much, we'll just work through whatever comes. And and the problem is it's very different from a first marriage. There's things that, oh, it could serve so much for people to know from the get-go so that they could do it right that would really increase their odds of making blended families work. But so we don't do it. They don't. And and you know what's really important? We talk about this and, and we do speeches all around the country on this topic and we have events around marriage, all kinds of things. When, in, whenever I get an opportunity to speak in this space, Kim, it's really important. Our message is that it's not just you and him or him and her anymore. This is really a lot of lives you're working with. And so you've got to be pretty sure about what it is that you're doing. And you know, I'd love to live in that world where love's enough. You know, we did we talk about that Disney fantasy, you know, or Disney delusion. But now we're actually talking about a lot more lives being involved. And I think that, that with that comes more responsibility. So we have to be in really certain, but we also have to be really strategic about how we're going to do this, how we're going to set everybody up for success, because it's not just about us anymore. And I think sometimes when we're in love and everything's so idealistic, I think the, the real hard truths and the real hard realities are not even spoken about. And that's what we notice with these men and women who come to our events. So, you know, the the, the first time I got married, a second marriage, um, I, I went looking for books on the on the subject. How could I learn more? And I was shocked at how few resources are out there. So I'm glad we're doing a show on this topic because I'm sure there's other couples like me who wanted to to up their skills and be ready. And there really is not a lot of resources. We really should write a book on it. It's on my list. Yeah, another goal for 2018. Goal. Yeah. But if you are not in a second marriage, you're not blending uh, families, I don't want you to, to disconnect and think, gosh, this isn't relevant to me because we'll be doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of conversation today and giving you a lot of really good skills and tools that's going to teach you how to be a better parent and even to be on the same page as a couple so, because really they're the basis of a lot of our advice that we're going to be giving today. So if, if you're not in a second marriage, uh, stay with us. There's going to be plenty of really 
really juicy content for you, so stay listening. Yeah, matter of fact, everything we talk about today is going to be relevant for first marriages. What's interesting is the the opposite doesn't necessarily work. When we do a show on a traditional marriage or family, there are a lot of things that are different if you're blended. So it goes one way, but not really the other way. So, yeah, stay with us. We're going to have a lot of great stuff that will benefit anybody, no matter what marriage they're in. So, Nicole, I think really, no matter what your family looks like, though, what we've discovered is people come seeking help because they think they need communication skills. They think they need conflict skills. And one of the first things we point out to them is that no matter what the problem is that appears to be communication or conflict, it's really a fear problem. And I think a lot of people are shocked that that's what it comes down to, but it really does. People behave badly and treat each other badly when they're in a fear state, when they're experiencing fear of either failure or loss. And a big part of that is that you both have to be on the same page because when we're talking about conflict and we're talking about communication, they're things that would are within the relationship anyway, even without anyone else being involved. So the skills and tools and understanding those two things and where fear is relevant is actually relevant for every couple. It's not even just about how they manage each other's children and, and how those kids get along. This is the basis of everything. You guys have got to be on the same page and you have to communicate from the same place and you have to be in a place where you're parenting from the same place you have to be sharing and connecting from the same place and you can't do that if one of the two people are in fear okay so one of the magic points of the 12 shapes relationships system is that it's so simple that all of us function every minute of every day in one of two spaces we're either in a balanced state where we're showing up as our best or in an unbalanced fear state where we all our bad behavior comes out and the truth is that any family that's struggling, that's got problems with the, the children not getting along or not getting along with the parents or the step parent, what we've got underlying this whole situation is we don't feel safe with each other. And that goes for any marriage or any family that's having problems. If I don't feel safe in the relationship or I don't feel safe in my home because of the step parent or my step siblings, we're going to have bad behavior. So... All of the shows that we have done where we have talked about how fear of failure and fear of loss drive bad behavior and how to get out of them would be good coursework as a first step in getting ready to blend a family. Sure. And whenever there is conflict or there's any kind of discord in any relationship, it's one of the two parties that starts out being in that unbalanced state that we talk about. So knowing what that unbalanced state is for the the individual people becomes really important. And there's a free assessment on our website, 12shapes.com, or you can actually text in 12shapes to 801-666-2932, and we'll actually send you that relationship survey. Working out who it is that you have this relationship with and what their unbalanced state looks like, what yours does, is really critical to being able to navigate that. But the perfect storm starts when both are in that unbalanced state, and we see that a lot of the time. Well, they actually trigger each other's unbalanced state. So I want to give some actual examples of kind of how this happens. Uh, One that I see quite often is we've got one of the parents who's got a huge fear of failure, and that fear of not being good enough is just on the surface all the time. So the first time they do anything that's not perfect, they're going to get some negative feedback, be it from their spouse or their stepkids or somebody's going to come to them with negative feedback, and they immediately get triggered 
And that usually brings up some bad behavior. Now, in some of the shapes that makes us attack back, some of the shapes pull back and run and and literally step back from the relationship, putting distance. But whatever way they respond to that is going to trigger a fear in the other people in the home, which brings out their bad behavior. And we start to see just this vicious cycle that goes around and around. And this happens in every family. I usually joke that I think we're attracted to the person who's going to trigger our fear better than anybody because we need it brought to the surface so we can work on it. So the universe just draws you right into someone that's going to push your buttons, which is great for growth, but not always for peace at home. So it's really about seeing people clearly and accurately, Kim, because if we can start seeing conflict and disagreement and discord as fear issues, we're then in a position to step into greater compassion. When I think of people who are frightened, I'm far more likely or triggered, you know, because of fears, I'm far more likely to show up compassionately. I'm so sorry, because I know what that's like. It is, it's an awful feeling to feel so unsafe, or to feel as if you're not being heard, or or that that you're not as important, or that you don't have the self-esteem that's bulletproof, and therefore you were triggered. And so, compassion is really, and that love, and stepping into that place of love, can only happen when we see these things accurately. So, maybe we give another example. Um, One that I've seen before is, is a a man who has got a lot of fear of failure. And when he's had a rough day at work and that fear of failure has been triggered a lot and he's feeling insecure about himself, he'll often come home a little grumpy. And one of the first things that might happen is he sees a mess in the house and he kind of snaps at his wife or or children about this mess. And in that moment, it's easy to get triggered by that behavior and feel insulted and attack back and start a conflict. But what you're talking about is actually recognizing that his bad behavior is coming from his fear of failure. And when anybody comes home from work that grouchy, they probably had fear issues come up at work. And so when we recognize that they're scared, not just a jerk, we're a lot more compassionate. So really, it becomes very important for each of the parties there to not only see accurate, but also take responsibility. The more that each person can become aware of their own behavior that is poor and their own fear triggers, then that that spouse can sit in the car for a minute and go, gosh, today's been a hard day. I've been triggered and walk straight up to his wife as soon as he comes home and says, hey, I need a hug. (laughs) I've had a bad day right? And and articulating and communicating where you both are at is so essential to that cascade of then therefore the outcome of triggered fear and therefore people then being in blame and shame and all of that kind of thing that we often have in our office trying to resolve with these couples. So knowing your own emotional state, knowing your own state of balance and unbalance, and then being able to share that accurately with the people who you, you live with, is really important. So we've had a huge oh, week. It's like more than important. It's it is the first step to making your family work. You need to understand yourself. You need to know what your fear triggers are and what your ba- unbalanced behavior looks like. Yeah. And so I'm just thinking about us today, right? So we've had a really big week this week, right? We've been training CEOs in Las Vegas. And part of us now coming home to our families is to actually put on their radar, hey, you know what? I'm really tired. We've done a lot of driving. We've been having some late nights. I just need to let you know where I'm sitting with things, right? Right. 
And it's not so that they model quality coddle me and they start giving me all these allowances and, you know, they baby me, but it's just about checking in with that other person and saying, this is where I am. And this is good for fatigue. You know, this is good for things like that. But more than anything, it's about these fear states, because if you've had a bad, bad day, it's your responsibility to make it stop in the garage, to not go in and, and allow it to continue to percolate all this conflict in your home. But a lot of people aren't doing that, Kim. Well, don't you think a lot of people don't have the language? And I think that's probably the biggest thing that the 12 Shapes relationship system gives them. It gives them the language. Hey, this is my unbalanced state. This is what it looks like. I'm having a fear of failure moment. And and when everybody understands that language, they understand exactly what's going on and what you need and what they need because they can communicate that back. So Obviously, the first thing we recommend for every family, but especially if you're blending, you have to be able to have safe conversations with each other about what you're each experiencing, what you each need different. And that is tricky because the safe part, it's easy to have conversations about all of it. But having those conversations in a way that makes the other people in the family feel safe to actually express what they really feel, that's tricky. So this is, it comes on as a responsibility for both people in the couple, right? What are, what are our values around creating safety and vulnerability in speech in the home? What are we doing? Are we taking time to, to listen or are we dismissing each other and the children when they want to be heard? Do we have a rule where we don't talk over each other? These simple basics of, around communication are absolutely essential. Otherwise, people will not speak their truth. They won't feel safe to, when, to speak up when there are conflicts and, and issues. And, and most of the time, that's where they end up, again, in our office or at one of our events because things have, have gone so beyond. There's so much time that's gone by or so much uh, banked up resentment and emotion because there's actually not these building blocks. So we really teach these couples to create that safe environment. So we teach it in a we we call it learning how to have mutually validating conversations and what we mean is safe conversations where both people are going to feel heard and respected and they're going to have what they think and feel matter and get some validation from it as we communicate i honestly think they should be teaching how to have mutually validating conversations from kindergarten to a master's program every year in school because it is probably the most important human skill that everybody needs to know. Would you agree? Completely. But we can't achieve this if we're in judgment. We have to see everybody as having the same fears, the same value. And the only way we achieve that is that every person on the planet has the same two core fears, fear of failure and fear of loss. And both of us experience um, those every single day, even though you and I have been coaching this stuff for 15 years. It's part of the human condition. And, and we believe it's really about learning and growing to be better. And so if you start to see everybody as having the same value as you, everything begins to change, but we have to drop the judgment. So that's actually the first step in our formula for mutually validating conversations is to pause and make sure that you're seeing the other person as the same as you. And that's really helpful outside the home. If you're intimidated by somebody, make sure you pause and you, you remember you have the same value as them. Inside the home, especially in a blended family, we see a lot of casting others as the good guy or the bad guy, especially if someone's behavior is bothering me, then 
I, I tend to see them as the bad one. Yeah, and it's, it's part of that human condition is that we like to make the other person a baddie so that we feel better, but it's only temporary. Can we have to take a break? Thank you for being with us here on Relationship Radio. After the break, we're going to get into more of this communication formula, how to actually show up and really hear and create that safe environment in your home. Stay with us. You're here with Nicole and Kim. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call nowcfo at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio. Nicole and Kim here, and we're giving you all the secrets of how to have a mutually validating conversation. Now, Kim, the importance of this is because it enables us to resolve conflict in our home, but more than anything, prevent the conflict to begin with because it enables us to create a safe environment. So I thought, Nicole, as we explained the rest of the formula, we could put it in a situation. One that we had sent into us was 
uh, a second marriage and the one spouse was a little ticked off that the other one spent so much time with her family and he felt like he sh- she should be spending more time with them and this was just ate at him and ate at him and ate at him and when he brought it up he brought it up in a very accusatory way i think this is wrong i think you need to be doing different which completely triggered fear of failure in her turned into a giant fight so you know, we, we get this question quite often. My spouse is bugging me. How do I know if I even should bring it up? I mean, is it worth it? And and our question would be, well, let's, are you going to do it the right way or not? If you use a mutually validating conversation, you can bring up anything. So the first thing that has to shift before you even think about having these difficult and awkward conversations is actually to acknowledge that the person has the same value as you, which means that right now you're making the villain because you feel taken from, you feel mistreated, it's not fair, I wish things were different, but you've made all kinds of mistakes of your own, you're far from flawless, so we have to get into that balanced place before we even think about having these conversations. So then I'm going in the conversation, seeing you as an equal, you're not the bad guy, I'm not the good guy. We're just both trying to make this marriage work. And my focus has to be as much about what you need as it is about what I need. This conversation has got to be balanced. So that, so once we've achieved that, we then can step into asking questions. Hey, you know what? I've noticed that you're going and seeing your family a lot. And you've probably noticed that I really would love you around here a little bit more. Would you be okay with us having a conversation? And, and how do you really feel about that? Tell me some of the reasons why seeing your family is important. Oh, so this step is the magic of this whole formula, because the more time you will spend asking questions, really listening and validating their right to see it the way they see it and feel the way they do, really showing them you honor and respect who they are and how they think. If you'll spend a while there, that's where they start to feel safe in the conversation, their defenses come down and you're creating a place where you'll be able to speak your truth in a safer place too. Now, once we've heard them out and that means we literally say nothing, we don't interrupt, right? We don't have an agenda in that moment. We're just literally showing up and enabling them to have their say and really hearing and validating what they've got to say. Then we're going to ask an additional uh, a question, right? We're going to ask for permission before we actually have our say. And this is really important. If we're wanting to create that mutual respect and that really healthy environment, it's really important that before we give our advice or we we come across with our agenda, which is probably something on the lines of, well, you know what? I'm sick of you visiting your parents and I want you here, (laughs) okay? We're going to go and ask a permission question first that's very authentic. And that is, would you be open to hearing my point of view or would you be open to hearing how I feel about it or I've got some thoughts on that would you be willing to hear my my side of it oh it's so powerful when we ask permission first it's another level of showing them we honor and respect them we're not just going to dump our stuff on them but we're going to ask permission to go there and then when they give permission and it is finally your turn to talk you want to make sure you're not you don't just attack because then you just ruined everything you so carefully created here we recommend that you try to use a lot more i statements than you statements so it's i've noticed that you're spending a lot of time there and i tend to feel a little bit left out and a little bit abandoned and and i know this is my issue you know that i i kind of want a lot more time with you and that's my stuff 
So the more we use I instead of you do this, you spend too much time with your family, you don't care about me, that's an attack. But you can always talk about yourself without it being an attack. So those I statements also have to be about the future, not the past. So it's I would love in the future if you would be a little bit more considerate that perhaps we only really get a few weekends together a month and that our life with all of the children is really busy. And so what could we work together for some kind of solution here, creating a, a win-win where you are going to be around a little bit more so I feel more important. Instead of you go to your parents too much, that makes me feel let out of doubt and I don't want you doing that in the future like you've been doing in the past. <laughs> you got it. So this is not giving orders and this is, yeah, it's, it's, it is just a fabulous formula. If you would like this written down, we have this on our 12shapes.com website under worksheets. We've got a, a a formula all written out for you on how to have mutually validating conversations. I highly recommend you go get that. And you don't have any conversation with your spouse or children unless you do it that way. And we know you'll do it right. So I have it on my phone. I've actually taken a photo of the worksheet once I printed it out you know, and, and actually have it there all the time so that sometimes I start these conversations with my kids and I know they're going south, <laughs> right? I haven't shown up. I haven't gone through those steps where I'm seeing them on equal footing and things like that. I'll excuse myself for a few minutes, go to the restroom, quickly pull my phone out and go, ah, that's right. That's what I need to change. I love it. Okay. So our first tip for blending families is to learn how to communicate right, because you're going to need to do a lot of communication. Uh, our second one has to do with the rules of the house. And I think this is probably the, the most important thing you can do as a couple. If you're going to have a household together as a couple, you need to really take the time to figure out what the rules are, the consequences to those rules, so that they're rules that everybody can live with. Now, this is about aligning of values, Kim, because you have two households that have run a certain way for a certain period of time. And we have to make sure that those two households, they have compromise and they also have alignment with values. So, for example, a clean home is really, really important to me. Okay. And if I'm blending a house with somebody who doesn't think that that's important, we have a value difference here. And so these things are the things that have to be discussed before you're actually spending time at each other's house, before the kids come in. What is it that we're trying to create and why? So these are discussion points for you and that person to say what's important to us, what is realistic based on where the, where the children have been. Okay, and how are we going to make compromises so that then we set everybody up to succeed? Because in that example of clean house versus perhaps a messy house, that's a very unrealistic jump. So you're going to have be setting one set of children up to fail massively because it's just not familiar. So how do we draw lines of, of compromise? How do we then articulate those realistic um, expectations to all of the children and make sure all of the children have an adjustment period? And but are encouraged that this is the reasons why we're doing this. This is not just about, you know, new rules and, and dictatorship. So we have to get buy-in from the kids, but we can't do any of this if we're not clear about what we're trying to do and why. I think it's also really powerful to get the kids involved in the planning of the rules. I found when when all the children have a little bit of input about what the house rules are, they'll buy in a little bit more. They'll be willing to, to keep those rules. I also want to talk a little bit about discipline. 
in in my blended family, we found we make the rules together, but when it comes to disciplining it, it works better if I discipline my children and he disciplined his. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's really important because, and this goes into another value I have around step families and blending families, is that you can't push the blending process on the kids. The kids have to create their own organic relationship. You didn't just fall in love with this person overnight. So you can't expect your children, regardless of their age or situation or the circumstances or how much time they have in one home or the other, you can't expect them to already be jumping in with two feet. And sometimes if you're then expecting that there would be discipline or, or any kind of correctional act, you know, um, action being taken by the other spouse, it's no wonder that they're going to get their back up. So you can't force this blending process with time and therefore it's far easier and safer for your children to hear the new house rules and to hear any kind of stuff from you because they're the ones who have the established safety and the established relationship. And and can I just say, when it comes to disciplining kids on any level, we can do it from a place of still kindness and trust and love. And and really, there's no need at all for for anger or to be mean towards each other. We we really believe that parents have to be firm. We've got to have rules and expectations and consequences, but we want to be in control of our emotions as we dish those out. And and one of the goals I think here is also being firm and fair. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we hear in a lot of the blended families that we get to work with that there's a lot of accusation between the children against each other and against against the new step-parent that that's not fair. And a lot of that injustice comes from it just not being articulated correctly in the first place. So do the work before you get the kids involved. Work out what it is that you want and why. And then spend time gently and over time communicating those things to the kids and before you're forcing them to be in this new environment and expecting them to succeed. Oh, I love that. So maybe we could also talk a little bit about kids and the fairness thing. And all children seem to have an issue about that's not fair. And they watch. I mean, even in our organic families, they watch what the sibling gets and what they got. And she got a bigger cookie than me. All every instance of that is triggering fear of loss and it's just a big thing with kids in general and so it becomes super important that every single member of the family is is treated as an equal which means that sure the three-month-old baby is going to have a different set of of you know allowing behavior right than the other you know three-year-old which is going to be different from the 13-year-old. But if we all have a set of guidelines that's age-appropriate, that's firm and fair, that has clearly articulated circumstances, and that there is equalizing um, you know, factors in there, the 13-year-old won't get angry about the three-month-old, okay, because it's, well, you know what, I get this and this and this allowance. And so this is where parenting accurately, parenting in a realistic way based on the age and stage of the child becomes super important about setting those guidelines up. But more than anything, if you're making a choice to blend a family, your kids have to now become just as important to you as your kids. And if you can't do that, Blending families is not for you. Wow. Um, I love what you said a few minutes ago about not rushing the process of blending. And what we really mean is we're, we're 
pushing these people together and deciding for them that they're going to be a family, that doesn't mean that they're going to feel feelings of love or even that they're going to like their step-siblings or their step-parent, and we can't force them to be happy about it. We can't force them to like each other. So what can we expect? Well, we've worked with a lot of uh, of women around this where they say, I try really hard, but they just don't love me. And and for me, that's always a red flag about, well, what part of you needs to be loved by them? Okay, this is a self-esteem thing where you've got to be bulletproof going in there because chances are if you're choosing to be a parent of step-parents, they're going to love and hate you in the same hour because that's what parenthood is with your own kids. So be realistic about that with other kids, okay? So that we've got to really take responsibility whether you're a man or a woman getting into a blended situation, how bulletproof is your sense of I am, right, and your self-esteem? Because if you're going to take them withdrawing from you personally, guess what? That's on you. You're the adult here, okay? And we have a lot of really challenging sessions sometimes in our office, Kim, talking to these women and men who say, gosh, you know, I, I thought we were doing really well and then they pulled back. Well, guess what? They're 16. They're like that with their own parents, right? So we've got to be extra bulletproof because if you're wanting it too much and you're forcing the process and you're trying to push yourself on them, it's always going to backfire. So when you feel good about yourself and you're doing it with the right reasons and you're doing it according to their pace and not yours and don't have an agenda, it can be organic. Wow. You know, we say quite often that the number one biggest thing you could do to improve your relationships is work on your own self-esteem. And and I would add to that to work on your own emotional intelligence level, because if you really want this family to work, these children, these new stepchildren need to respect you. And the way you earn that respect is through confidence, through control over your emotions, being wise and mature and loving and how you handle things. As soon as you get out of control, especially reacting in your own fear of failure is where you lose their respect and that's the beginning of the trouble. Which means it has to be more about the children than you. Mm-hmm. You can't have selfish interests. You can't be. So whenever I work with one of these these families, I, I often ask the question, what is it that you need in having that perfect blended family? Does it give you some kind of kudos or a self-esteem? Or is it something that you get to brag about with your friends? Hey, look what I'm doing. Because if you've got any of those self-motivated motives, it means that that you're doing it for your own reasons. When you make it about the kids, then the kids organically bond with you. So we often see people frustrated because they go in with expectations that this family is going to gel fast. And that's probably one of the biggest expectations I want to change with everybody listening to this call is that blending a family is a crock pot ordeal, not a microwave thing. It is going to take time. It takes time to build relationships. And so we it took time the first time. Sure. Right. But especially when you're taking people that really have never been family before, it's going to take a while before they really feel like family this time. And that's okay. Yeah. And if you allow and trust that process, you will have a far more successful outcome. We have to take another break. Thanks for being with Relationship Radio. Stay with us. You're with Nicole and Kim. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? 
Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department, which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call nowcfo at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio, everybody. You're here with Nicole and Kim And before we jump back into our content, we've got to take just a minute and thank our amazing sponsor, Now CFO, who's not only our sponsor of the show, but they're actually our accountants. They've come in when our books were a mess because we were doing the accounting ourselves and we weren't quite ready to hire an accounting employee. But it's so great to be able to have them send in an expert, someone we could never afford if we hired them ourselves, and and they're just amazing. So if you've got a business, big or small, and you need some help, make sure you look up Now CFO. All right. Well, we're having fun today. We're talking about blending families, which as far as relationships go, Nicole, I think this is some of the more challenging family relationships. 
And it turns out in this day and age, we've got a lot of families that are blended families. So 46% of weddings that are taking place in the United States today are actually creating a step family. So that's almost half. It's almost half. So I I crunch the numbers. That means that there's more than 2,100 new step families created every single day. Wow. Now that's that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's more than I thought. Yes. So there's... All of those people, and maybe there's this is you listening to this show going, you know what, I've done this, and I thought that it was going to be different than what it is, right? I just thought that love would just conquer all, but you know what, we we, we specialize in this, and we see it every single day in our office, and, and we see it at our events. Blending families can be hard, and and the main reason is, is because we often have this very idealistic or misaligned view before we go in. So it becomes really important as we're dating and we're getting to that serious end of this where it would have, have impact now on our kids that we discuss a few factors. Oh, I so agree. You know, I also, I've often thought if your first marriage failed, you had some relationship issues, some things that didn't work, you want to make sure you get some more education Learn some new things, some new skills, gain some new tools before you go into it again. If we don't do any of that, how can we expect to have the results turn out different? We've got to know better so we can do better. A big part of knowing better is being realistic about what you already know also. So you're not just taking on him or her and their kids, but you're taking on the ex-spouse. This is a really important factor. And I have to tell you, it's been enough for me to to walk away from some relationships that I've had um, in the last few years to just go, you know what, I I don't think that there is enough in this that could actually conquer that external factor because it's not it's not just us and the kids, it's that that third party as well. And and if I feel like that dynamic is not healthy and functional between the guy that I'm seeing and his ex. I'm thinking I, that, that's somewhere I'm not, I don't, don't willing to go. Yeah, if they have a very difficult ex, that person is going to be a part of your life and you're going to end up dealing with them on a regular basis. We have to take that into account. So we have to be honest. And you've watched me over the last uh, you know, three years to, to actually put those boundaries in and go, no, this isn't right for me. But if you are saying yes to that, be realistic about it. There's no point in saying, yes, we're going to go and blend this family, and then you carrying on and saying, oh, well, he said, she said, you knew, right? So, and, and why this is important is because if you as the new spouse create conflict and difficulty with the old spouse, you're already making a decision to, in, to allow and to enhance dysfunction. Okay, so another dysfunctional piece we sometimes see is the ways that the, the relationship with this, with your children and then the step-parent, the children will often put you in a position where you have to choose who you're going to side with. You can decide with your children or you're going to side with your new spouse. And that's a really difficult position to be put in. I think it's it's easier in a, in a first marriage when they're both your children, right, to, to always choose your spouse as as the number one and usually always want to back them up and take their side, it feels completely different when we're talking about a step-parent, but these are your natural kids. So being on that same 
basis and, and articulating the same things, being firm and fair in the same way, both of you being on the same page is essential for success. But the only way that that can be done without resentment means you have to have the same set of rules for everybody in the home, which means we have to mutually respect every single person in the home. And this becomes really important that there's no us and we and them Okay, it's everybody and the rules for everybody are this and the teamwork for everybody is this so that then there's less opportunity for the kids to play you one off the other. I also think it's really critical that you have most of those discussions in private away from the children so that they always see you as a team and not split up. I've seen too many arguments where the kids will try to get you to side with them right there in the moment. And it's really important to say, you know what? My spouse and I need to step away and talk this over before we come back so that we always show up as a cohesive team. Now, we've seen a lot of clients, uh, a lot of couples, where one of them will come in and have some sessions with us just to get clear in their own mind about, you know what, I just want to make sure I'm seeing this clearly. Because if this does happen and or you perceive that it's happening, if you are not introducing a neutral third party to try and work it out, you can eat yourself alive, literally thinking that, you know what, that person's turning on me and that that 16-year-old is now in the father's ear. And before you know it, sometimes you can have created this big, big story and it's got to do with your fear issues being triggered. Or other times we've seen that it's actually you are seeing it accurately and then you need more tools to go in and actually have the conversation with your spouse about the 16-year-old. So don't be afraid if you're listening to this going, you know what, how do you even know? How do you work out if they are playing you once against the other? Because sometimes I think it and then I then lay in bed at night and rethink it. And you know what? This is where the neutral third party um, observers to get more skills and just to hear it out and to challenge you about your own beliefs in it really can help. So don't be afraid to go out and get a third party because unfortunately it, it gets super messy fast. And, and I would say definitely this applies to everybody, not just our blended families. And, and we're so lucky because I have you to call day and night when I need a third party's opinion about what's going on in my life. And you and do I don't often tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> you tell me the truth. Yeah, that's right. And the truth matters because if you're building something that's going to have a foundation, it's going to be built on that foundation, you're hoping that this is not going to be a, a marriage that fails. Right. And, and if it does fail, then it's not just you and that person either. It has consequences for everybody. So having that truth and knowing that you are correct in your convictions is super essential in moving forward and making the right parental choices and choices within the marriage moving forward. So I would also say learning the 12 shapes of everybody in the family as part of that bringing in a third party or it's about information to understand what motivates each of those kids, what their agendas will be. One of the things that has been so interesting is I've watched you do these family constellation sessions with so many families where you figure out what shape all the children are and you kind of explain how the children are wired. It's amazing when you can explain the currency that each of those kids cares about, what what they value, so that the parents know what would actually work as far as discipline and motivating each of those kids. I don't know how you parent without that. That's like the user guide to each of your children. Yes. Yeah, so that, the, one, I think, one of the reasons those sessions have been so successful is because as a step parent, you have to get up to speed fast. 
you haven't had the nine or the 15 years or the three years with that other set of children. And you may only see them every second weekend, right? Or a few nights a week or on holidays, things like that. So it's, it gets you very accurately up to speed about what they care about, what their currency is, what their motivated is. But also most importantly, not even to discipline and correct, but how to build and strengthen a relationship by talking about and showing up in the things that they value. Again, making it about them and not you. And I think that's why the Family Constellation um, sessions have been so successful because it it gives the step-parent a place to go. Okay, great. I've got three new kids that are coming into my life overnight and I can catch up to speed about what they care about, which means I can start to bond and connect but make it about them. So there's no selfish agenda, but you have a starting place. Okay, so we've actually got five other tips for step parents to communicate and and bond with these new kids. Um, number one is being open to compromise, and and it kind of ties into number five. I'm going to throw in now not not having to be right all the time. Um, there's some shapes that really struggle with this as a parent or a step parent in that role. Because they like control and they kind of have a control. They need control to feel safe. Yeah. So, and we're talking specifically here about octagons. We're talking about rhombus. We're talking about square. We're talking about rectangle. So, if you are listening to the show today and you know you're one of those shapes, you are more likely to get into controlling behavior to feel safe. So, you might be unknowingly con- trying to control these new stepchildren because it's if it's known and predictable to you, you're going to feel safer. But what it does is it pushes those kids away because they don't feel safe with you. Okay, so if you've got that issue, th- that's something we provide lots of help with, especially it's a fear of loss issue. And so a lot of the information that we talked about on our Human Behavior 102 show could be helpful uh, to deal with those issues. Uh, our second one is be mature. And what I really meant about this is emotionally mature. Because when we allow our emotions to get out of control, you, you're you in an unbalanced state. And in that unbalanced state, kids lose respect for you. And so if this is something that happens often where your emotions get out of control and you can have some drama or Meltdown. dis yeah, dis proportionate responses yeah so the only way for us to grow in maturity and we're talking about emotional intelligence here kim is to understand what it is that you do in your unbalanced state because every single person on the planet has bad behavior now if mine knew for example um you know if hypothetically i had new stepchildren and their only experience of me was being me being triggered by either fear or a failure or fear or loss and which meant that i was in that unbalanced state that's going to teach them very very quickly they don't want to be around it's it's then all about me and me doing anything and whatever is needed to make me feel okay so it's a very selfish one-way relationship and so studying that arrow profile because you and I are both arrows is absolutely critical for me to understand that if I start getting um, a pulling back and retreating or I start feeling mistreated or insulted it's because I've been triggered by one of those fears that's my work to do that doesn't become an issue with that child and if you're really honest with yourself you know when your stepchildren are losing respect for you or you feel like they don't like you that might be time to seek out a coach or some third party to be able to help you to work on those issues because you're the only one that can fix that the next the next tip we have is really 
don't make everything about you. Now, again, it's only unbalanced that makes us do this, right? Unbalanced relationship behavior. So what, in what way can you show up and make it about the child? Learn about them. Ask them questions. Hey, mate, you know, tell me about that Lego that you love to do. You know, and what are your favorite movies? And what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And you're not looking for similarities and going, oh, that's mine too, because that then is about you. Okay, but you're you're literally showing up and trying to strengthen a relationship, making it about them. Ask them questions, not in an intrusive way, okay? Not an interrogation. No, but just genuinely making time, making an effort. And when you feel that they've had enough, walk away. Don't make it about you. So this is also about being able to put yourself in their shoes and imagine the situation that they, they are in because of this marriage really being able to do that and see things from their perspective is really important. Okay, our last one, and I really think this this goes along with everything we've talked about, um, being more mature and emotionally in control, is be quick to apologize when you have been in an unbalanced state or you've reacted badly or handled something wrong. I think it shows such maturity kids respect when you can sincerely admit when you're wrong and you need to work on some things. Do that often. The other side effect of that is that it normalizes making mistakes, which means that you're more likely to receive an apology when they're in an unbalanced state, which is such an important thing when you have siblings who now need to be in the same home who aren't used to it. They have to start learning to make compromise and and they're going to make mistakes and they've got to learn to apologize to each other. Where are they going to learn that? Only from you. So be the bigger person, take responsibility, be accountable, be sincere and apologize when you make mistakes. Oh, I love that. Okay, our last point that we want to recommend, and we could talk, we could have done a show on this, but um, your new spouse has never been a step parent before. Those kids have never been step siblings before. This is a new, this is new ground for everybody. So we have got to give everybody room and space to be imperfect at it at first and to learn and grow in that role. And we keep talking about seek out information for them so that we can all be gaining skills and tools. I mean, it's one thing to give them room to grow. It's another actually give them the resources also so that they can learn in this role and become better at it. The 12 Shapes Relationship System has been important with that as well, to be able to show your profile, your shape to the kids, particularly the older kids and say, hey, I'd love to learn about you and I'd love you to learn about me, right? And let's sit and have a coffee and talk about it and go, oh, wow, that's interesting. We kind of do that the same. And oh, that makes us different in a really non-threatening way and have a sense of humor. This is not right. Read up on me and read up on you and then we're going to make it work. Right. But it's a great starting point to say, right, how can we learn about each other in a really safe and loving way? Oh, this has been such a fun show. I hate that the time goes by so fast. We may have to revisit this one if we've really got 2,100 families a day coming blended. That's but I ho- here in America. Oh, That's but I amazing. hope this has been valuable for everybody listening. Yeah. Thanks for joining us here on Relationship Radio. You've been with Nicole and Kim. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but we'll join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.